welcome to episode 11 of the 30th ranked Apple podcast in the U.S., the FHB podcast. How we doing, F? That's some sick news. Oh, baby. That is good to hear. Well, I mean, we, we got our sights set on getting higher than number 30, but we are very young, 10 episodes in. So, yeah, I think we got something to be proud about there. Just a couple of plugs talking some hockey every Sunday. <laughs> couple of plugs. Give us more credit than that. <laughs> Well, oh, no, I guess not every Sunday because here we are on a Monday night, changing schedule. Happy, uh, well, you're married now, bud. How's it feel? Feels pretty um, pretty good, I guess, right? What, what, you what tell else? me. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, it feels great. I'm married. I'm glad it's all, I'm glad it came and went. It was a great frigging night. I think everybody would agree with me and... Yeah, I'm yeah. Ready to talk some hockey yeah, today. Hell of a time, man. You threw a great party. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into it. I thought we should get into you ripping on me on your speech. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it was, it was just... a little comment. I am more talented than you. I know you know it. <laughs> All right, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> let's, let's instead get into the fantasy players of the night. All right. Let's do it. We had James Reimer, John Gibson, David Pasternak, Malkin, Blake Coleman, Nyquist, Tanner Pearson, and Leon Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl to round it out on Sunday night, yes. I want to talk about all these guys. First, Mike, Evgeny Malkin, whenever Crosby goes out of the lineup, we've seen it so many times, he steps up and he just, he becomes Superman. And here he is, he's at it again. He had a big five-point night in that 8-6 win against Vancouver. Two goals, three assists. And he's been on a mission. He's done this before. Yeah, this, uh, I can't wait to talk about Malkin because he sort of follows in the same line as Latang for me, where I will never own Malkin. I won't. And guys, whoever owns Malkin, I'm telling you, trade him before Crosby comes back because when Sid comes back, Malkin is going to tweak something, be day-to-day for two months, and you're going to be sick of it. This is a guy that hasn't played a full season in 11 years. Yeah, I said that right. 11 years. 2008-09 season was the last time he played 82 games. He had 113 points. F, do you know what stat wasn't recorded in that year? What's that? It hits and blocks. That's how long he's been, he's been, hasn't been healthy for, <laughs> for a full season. They didn't even record hits and blocks at the time. So, guys... Trade him before Sid comes back. He's already been out once this year. He's going to miss more time. Okay? And now that I'm on the topic, Latang is also back, playing really well. Trade him because his value is high right now. Well done. I wonder, Mike, if, if we got any Pens fans out there listening, if they like if they agree with you at all or if they're like, this, this guy's a piece of shit. Well, call me a piece of shit, whatever, because <laughs> I'm talking fantasy hockey. And Malkin... Yes, he's super productive when he's in the lineup, but he's a headache that I just don't want to deal yeah. with. You know, you know what I would say if if we could if there's like some hypothetical world where Crosby didn't play for the Penguins and Malkin was their go-to guy, I I think I would love to own him because I I don't know, if there's just something about it's like when Crosby's in and he's doing his thing, Malkin gets nicked up and he's like, eh, "I'll take a couple more games off here. What a bit not a big deal." But when when they need him to step up and produce, he just he does this. 
So, uh, no, but I, I, I agree with you. When it comes to Malkin and Latang, I would trade both right now. Yeah, Malkin needs a fire lit under his Russian ass. That's the <laughs> only way he produces. And like, he's the only way he's healthy. Yeah, spitting fire, bud. I'm, fu- I'm angry, and it was my wedding two nights ago. I don't want this. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> okay, Pasternak. I, I just Pasternak's an absolute stud. But what I wanted to say about Pasternak is the, the, he has he scored again last night, didn't he? Yeah, twenty twenty five now. Yeah, what a machine! And tw- that's in twenty seven games. So how many goals, Mike? Let's throw a number on it. We can revisit this in the future. How many goals is he gonna end up with? Okay, so I know a lot of people are saying over sixty, and it's hard to imagine that he doesn't. Like this pace is unbelievable. I can't see it continuing this way. I'm going to throw out 57 goals. 57. One yeah. sec, because I'm on the calculator, and I just I want to see how many goals he's on pace for. Times 82. 76. I know there's a lot of season left, but this far in, like we're in December now, and he's on pace for 76 goals, that's, that's nuts. But I'll say more than 57. I'll say he finishes with 60 on the money. Oh, okay. So pretty close. Yeah. Oh, he's not keeping up this pace. There, there's no way. But uh, fantasy wise, uh, don't even think about trading high on him because he's a monster and he's gonna he's gonna keep the the points coming. Maybe not at this pace, but they're gonna be coming in hot. Yeah. Okay. Question. Quick. Yeah. Pasternak or Matthews? Who would you rather? I would say. Oh man, I think they're so they're so close, and I find that there's more. Uh, good centers out there that I might take passing because he's the way he's a winger. I don't know. What do you think? I think we're still waiting for Matthew's massive year. It's going to come. Well, if Pasenak wasn't doing what he's doing, Matthews' goal total is pretty awesome too. I think Ovi's next with 20 and or Dreisaitl's up there too, but Matthews is right there. Okay, let's get into the two goalies we had here before we get into those middle-of-the-pack guys. Reimer and Gibson, what do you think about them? Yeah, James Reimer, not the starter, but he's been... He's been picking up some starts. He's has a uh, nine starts now, and yeah, last few starts have been have been good. He's got he had the shutout uh, when he had the when he got the fantasy player of the night, and then the other two games he had a nice thirty two save win and uh, in Minnesota, and then he had a nice thirty six save win in Tampa. So Reimer in a deep league, Reimer's pretty good to own as maybe a third goalie because the the Canes aren't a bad team, and Reimer's proving that he has some games though. Yeah, I, I like Reimer as long as he's a backup goalie. I think he can't handle the starting gig. And once that happens, you see his numbers drop a bit. Yeah, he's a backup. So so the only way I'm touching Reimer is if it's a streaming option and I need to start on like a Sunday, for example. Yeah. He's on a, a, against a good team. That's that's the only way I like Reimer. Yeah. John, yeah, John other Gibson. Guy. The other, yeah. Yes. I, I like him more than Reimer, obviously. Gibson had that shuddy against the Islanders to end the Islanders' 17-game point streak and then put up a couple of stinkers since. And now he's sick, so he's not playing tonight against L.A. But uh, give us a little bit of a take on Johnny Gibson, Mike. John Gibson. Okay, I'm not going to sound like a junior hockey pro here, but I remember (laughs) watching him when he was in juniors and... I thought to myself, this guy is going to make the NHL and he's going to be an unbelievable goalie. And I'm going to stick by that. You can mark my words. Gibson will win a Vesna one day. 
Damn. And it might have to take a little bit of time until Anaheim gets a little bit better. But this guy will win a Vesna within the next five years. I love him. I think he's a sick, sick goalie. Yeah, I don't know about the Vesna. The team's got to improve around him. So Spitting fire today, Anth. Mm-hmm. Okay, Blake Coleman. Heart Trophy future winner. Future winner, Blake Coleman. I'm joking. Almost 28 years old now, and he is going to surpass his career high of 36 points. This He's got 14 and 25 now, and he's been pretty good recently. He had that big four-point night uh, against Montreal, and he has 10 points in his last nine games coming into tonight's game against the Sabres. They're getting absolutely pumped. It's 7-1 right now. But our boy Balake, three hits. And this is why Coleman is a solid guy. Yeah, there you go. Go for it. Yeah, Coleman. Guys, the points are a bonus here. The guy, he had 225 hits last year. He's already at 74. He shoots a decent amount, enough to own. He is, what is he, 39% owned right now? 39, yeah. And as he should be. Those 14 points are solid. As I said, hits, shoots. I like Coleman for what he is right now. I mean, the Devils are a tire fire. Should we go there right now? Let's call it. Yeah, we can. But quickly, I want to say about Coleman. If he's available and you're in a deeper league and he's available, like Mike said, with the hits and now he's got some points going too, just a stud to own because of those hits. Well, your league obviously has to have hits. But, uh, yeah, if a guy can produce something, something on the side there like that. Okay, but the Devils. Okay, let's call this right now. It's 7-1 Buffalo over the Devils as we speak. Yes. Does Hines uh, yes, get fired? Yes, I think he does. I think Because that... when, when this comes out, uh, that might have happened. But, hey, we're doing this right now. So he's going to be fired by the time people listen to this? Ooh, that's, a, that's a bit. It's a tough call. I mean, like, it's a tough take. But, yeah, I think this is rock bottom for them now. So, I mean, there are only wins here I can see over the last 10 against the struggling Habs, two two wins there, and then they, they went into Detroit and they, or no, they were, they were hosting Detroit and they spanked them. So nothing impressive there. Yeah, I think hopefully, I mean, it's terrible to say hopefully he gets fired, but, you know, from a fantasy perspective, guys who own Devils want to see them get going. And if Hines goes, maybe we see the kind of production from Jersey that we saw when Babcock yeah, got we're fired seeing it, we're for seeing Keith. it with the Leafs, and maybe a new coach comes in, and Subban, like Subban's entire outlook on the season changes. So it could happen. That's something to monitor. We'll see what happens with John Hines. Yep. Gus Nyquist got Fantasy Player of the Night honors with a hat trick home to Pittsburgh, and. Nyquist Mike, last year between Detroit and San Jose, he had 60 points. 22 goals, he had 60 points. And this year now, 18 points in 26 games. He's 21% owned. Do you think that's low? Absolutely. That's very low. I think Nyquist is completely overlooked because he's on a weak offensive team in Columbus. And he's on Columbus, who's just a team that's overlooked completely. Mm -hmm. 21% owned is way too low. Guy shoots enough to be owned. And he will get you points. Not much in the way of peripherals, but that number should be higher. Agreed. Lastly, Tanner Pearson. He had himself a nice little night in Edmonton on Saturday with two goals, two assists, four points. He was a plus two, had some peripheral stats, played 17 minutes. Pearson, Mike, he's been pretty good. Over the last 10 now, Pearson has 10 points 
and he's 16% owned. This is another guy. I, I don't see Pearson like reaching 50 points. I just don't. I, I think he's lower on the depth chart, and I don't think he can sustain a high quality of production for a long period of time. He hasn't shown that at all. He's been in the league for six years now. So yeah, 27 years old now is Tanner Pearson, and his best season when he was with LA, he had 44 points in 80 games with 24 goals, which isn't bad. I guess uh, second line numbers right there. And he averaged 16 minutes a night that season. And this year... He's got about the same 16.35, and he's got 17 points in 28 games, which is very nice, so he could challenge the 44 points. But at his age and with all the stats that we can look at now that he's played over 400 games in the NHL, I think he is what he is. So there's nothing to to get too excited about there. But again, a a good last forward on your team because we, we keep saying it, but like he shoots and he provides some hits and blocks like He's a good guy to own because he can do a little bit of everything. Hopefully, you just have him when he's hot. Yep. Okay, guy I want to make a quick note on. Mika Sabanajad is back and producing. He has four points and makes it tonight with his point uh, against Vegas. Four points in four games. And Sabanajad, we've talked about before. We love him. And, you know, coming back from an injury takes a while to get, to get reaccustomed when you've been out for a while. So... At 85% owned, this is for only the guys who are in very shallow leagues, or even a league with like eight teams where he might be on your waivers. Zabanjad's a stud, so get in there because he's going to start putting up some big numbers, even on a decent team like the Rangers. Yeah, I think I think guys kind of missed the boat on their opportunity to grab Zabanjad while he was injured. Mm-hmm. The guy's an animal, and if you own him, you love him so much, and you talk about him so much because he just does so much for you, and he's so overlooked in fantasy. 85% owned is, is it's so high, but it's ridiculous. He should be in the 90s for sure. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, two more forwards I want to get into. Jonas Donskoy, but Josh Anderson first. Okay, here's a guy highly touted coming in. Everybody was saying this guy's going to get a lot of opportunity. He's a fantasy gem because he hits and shoots like a champ. And now he's on a team where he's going to get more ice time than his 17 minutes he got last year. He could be in for a potentially 60-point season. He was drafted in most leagues, and we've seen now his ownership go as low as 12%. He has three points in 20 games. What's your take on Mr. Josh Anderson? Is he droppable now? Yeah, Josh Anderson, with him, there's so many guys around the league that do what he does. And for some reason, everything is down. All his averages are down. He's even hitting less. Like last year, 214 hits, which is monstrous. But yeah, down to 46 right now in 20 games, which is under what he usually, or the clip he usually produces at. And at 12% owned, I think... You can drop him right now in a deep league just because it's not looking good through 20 games. Keep an eye on him, though. See if he starts turning things around. Even a guy like Brendan Lemieux, who does similar things and is doing them right now, well, that'd be an ad drop you can make. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I've said for Anderson. Right now, he's droppable. All right, and Jonas Donskoy. Yeah, Donskoy, I want to talk about. Another player who's 27 years old now, 
And in four seasons with the Sharks, we saw him put up no more than 37 points in one year. And that's with somewhat limited ice time. He never topped 15 minutes average a night. Now that he's in Colorado, they've had some injuries. He's averaging 18 minutes a night. He has 22 points in 26 games. And it's tough to know what to believe here when it comes to Donskoy. No, fourth round pick back in 2010. And he's on a near 70 point pace. I just don't think he is going to get even close to 70. So in a deep league, I'm looking to trade him probably, get some value with that near point per game pace that he's on. You agree there, Mike? Yeah, I agree 100% with you. I think if you own Donskoy, now's the time to trade him before the whispers of Landeskog returning soon. Trade Donskoy. Yeah, and now that Rantanen's back, he was actually getting over 20 minutes a night. And then since Rantanen returned, actually, he's got 16.45 and 15.40 in the last two. Does have a four-point game in there, which (laughs) they're trying to make a statement, I guess. But uh, no, he's not going to sustain it. No. Okay, let's move on to some defensemen here, Mike. Rasmus Dahlin, diagnosed with a concussion. Looks like he's out indefinitely. So let's talk about some of the ramifications there with the Sabres. Yeah, so as far as if you own Dahlin, tough break. Hold on to him and wait it out. For the ramifications with the Sabres, I think we've already seen a few guys on the top power play. Like, they're on Yoki Haru right now in the, in the, in the Dahlin spot. They had Risto there for a bit. They started with Montour in that spot. So, I don't know. I just think this is something you monitor. I don't know how you can run out and grab a guy and then you'd be disappointed because he won't be on that power play because they changed things like crazy. What do you think? Yeah, I know they're gonna they're looking through some guys, but I would give the biggest bump to Ristolainen. Just because he's he's done it before and, and he's produced on that top power play. I just think that, that that's what, where they'll go long term. And a peripheral beast. Peripheral beast for sure. Hits like a champion. Like a champion. Ristolainen. If he was in Montreal, Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> okay. Another guy who was injured, isn't anymore, is John Klingberg. He's back and he's producing, which he wasn't doing before he was injured. I remember you saying, like, Klingberg's injured, good, because pick him up for someone who's producing. But now that he's back, it's like fresh start. And the stars have been good. So five games back now, five points, which is a lot closer to the Klingberg that we know and love so if you were looking to buy low on him, you might have a small window right now. He only has nine points in 22 games. So maybe someone who isn't paying that close attention will look at those stats and be like, yeah, let's do it. But I think he's going to keep this up now going forward. Yeah, they finally brought that loaded power play back that we all were so excited to see. To the year, Ben Sagan, Radulov, Pavelski, and Klingberg. If they can get hot, Kling can provide exactly what people thought he would. Okay, Matt Dumba, Mike, he's absolutely killing us in one of the pools we're in together with our friend Petey. And Dumba, I was watching the Minnesota game the other night, went into overtime, and I'm looking at him, Dumba, like, let's come on, man, do something for us. And what does Minnesota do in the overtime? They throw out Brodine. From Brodine, they go to Suter. From Suter, they go to Spurgeon. And then from Spurgeon, hey, there's Matty Dumba for one shift in the OT. And it's shocking to see. It's frustrating because I thought he was going to have a monster year. But what do you do with him at this point if you have him in 
your fantasy league? Okay, so it depends on the depth of the league, but I think in most cases, you're not doing anything with him. Because any trade you you try, like you're selling him very, very low at this point. So hopefully your pool has peripheral stats that he's contributing to because other than that, I, I think you're just, you're waiting. Yeah, the waiting is the right call. I think it's the only call here. You're not selling this low on him. That's just a stupid move as a manager. And can he still turn it around? Yeah, I think he can. It's 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 early enough that he could uh, he can go on a heater. He still gets a lot of minutes, over twenty three minutes a game. So that's our advice on him. Just wait. Then again, like I mentioned, it really does depend on the depth of your league. I mean, in the pool we're in, we can drop Dumba because you know there's Shea Theodore and Eric Gustafson on waivers, and this pool only counts points, nothing else. So Dumba really is providing zero to us. Whereas a guy like Theodore and Gustafson, who we should talk about here, would provide a little bit more. Yeah, Eric Gustafson, we saw him get dropped in so many pools. He had 60 points last year. And, you know, just looking at his stats on HockeyDB, he's up. He's always been a point producer. He produced points at a good rate in the, in the AHL, and he did it in the Swedish Elite League before coming over. And now put back on power play one for, for the Blackhawks. And I see some good things going forward. In a shallow league, I would say that Gustafson, I would rather have Gustafson right now than Matt Dumba. And that would only be in a pool that just counts points because peripheral stats, uh, Dumba does all those better. Yeah, I, I was a little hard on Gustafson a few episodes ago because it just seemed like there were a few guys just above him on the death chart there when it came to the power play. But... You know, Boakvist got sent down. Keith was filling the void a little bit there, and, and now he's actually not. He's I think he's out. So yeah, I believe is. Gustafson. Yeah, I believe Gustafson can get back to a respectable pace, and I think he's he's worth um, taking a jump on here because I think he's going to pick it up. Yeah, yeah, I still have some faith faith in him as well. And Adam Fox, Adam Fox is the next guy we need to talk about here. 14 points in 25 games, Mike. How do you like Adam Fox? Okay, I like Adam Fox, but let me say I don't love him. First year, I think as much as he's on that top power play and producing, I don't think that's going to last. I said it before, and I'll say it again. Like, D'Angelo and Truba, they're going to kind of rotate through that spot. They're all going to have decent seasons. Again, Truba, you guys know how I feel about him. I like I like Fox right now. I like him as a four or five defenseman, and yeah, I think there's going to be a time where he's not producing, and you're going to want to drop him. To be honest. Okay, yeah, I can't really disagree with you, but I think there's something to be excited about with Adam Fox for sure. He does have a history of producing points from the back end. Hey, I think in more keeper formats, if you're keeping a lot of your players, Fox might be someone to be a little bit more excited about. But for this year, I mean, I'm not super crazy over him. Definitely a player to be excited about long term because he's done it. He's doing it early in his NHL career. He's going to be a, a big point producer back there. So I would say keep an eye on him this year and long term, be excited. If you're in a deep, deep keeper league and you keep a bunch of players, I think Fox is an option for you because he's probably only getting better from here. Like I don't think this year is going to be a standout breakout year. There will be a lot of dips and valleys 
with his point production, but I think down the road he can be a major point producer from the back end. Yeah, even if you're not in a keeper league too, and, and this is the only episode of the Fantasy Hockey Bros that you listen to, maybe you know, in, the, in a future draft, you see the name there and say, I remember those guys that mentioned Adam Fox. So there you go. He's going to be something at some point. Yep. In the near future. In the near future. Okay, we should quickly mention Tyson Berry and that Leafs power play unit. So uh, Marner returned to practice, and they only have one defenseman on that power play. But good news for Berry owners, it is Tyson Berry. It's not Morgan Riley, which is very, very interesting. Yep, that unit is Barry with, uh, with Matthews, Nylander, Marner, and Tavares. So an absolutely loaded power play. It's a tough look for Riley owners who are not going to be happy about seeing that, especially if they start rolling once Marner returns. But I'm not worried about it if I'm a Riley owner. I think the Leafs are going to start really, as they have, they're really going to start scoring a lot of goals, and I think everyone's going to be putting up big points. Yeah, I don't disagree, but if I had a Riley owner, I wouldn't. I couldn't help but be a little nervous. So knowing that now, if you choose to go out and trade Riley for a guy of equal value, um, now would be the time if you if you hear that and it scares you. Really? Mm-hmm. For all we know, they just practice like that and come game time when Marner's back, it's Riley. Yeah, Riley, take some reps on the second unit. We know what you can do here. <laughs> That's... Um... I think it's a little bit of a cause for concern. Okay, fair enough, Twans. Shall we move on to the goaltending? You want to mention Carey Price a little bit here. He's been struggling lately. Oh, he's been struggling big time. And Habs fans, like our boy Patrick, who regularly sends us in questions, must be freaking out about this slump that they're on. They can't buy a win, and Price can't buy a save. But our advice, I think you'll agree with me, is... If you need some goaltending help, buy low on Carey Price because his value hasn't been this low in quite some time. Now would be the time to take a goaltender who is maybe middle of the pack and playing well right now. Like, you got any names for me, Mike? You hear that description? You got any names? Well, no, because, I don't know, part of me disagrees with you just because, I mean, there's going to be one, like, there's going to be someone here that we talk about that actually just has a bad season. And we've seen it before with Carey Price. So that's going to happen. For us to be like pinpoint who it's going to be is ridiculous because it's that's very hard to do. But where I say part of me disagree with you was that part. But the part that does agree with you is you got to trust in past success. And Carey Price has shown that he is capable of being an elite goalie. He's never okay. had a sub-900 save percentage ever. So to think that this year that would happen is ridiculous. So I would agree with you, buy low on Carey Price. Yeah, well, you said that one of these guys who we say buy low on is just going to have a bad year. And and yeah, you're probably right that that is going to happen. But it's a numbers game. It's, it's like seeing 10 straight reds at the roulette table and going and throwing money on black, right? It's probably a smart play, but you're not always going to be right. But you, it's all about, fantasy hockey is about making the smart play. It's about buying low, selling high. And I think nine times, if you can replay the rest of the season from this point out, nine times out of 10, price probably bounces back in a pretty big way. So, I mean, hopefully it's not the 10th time right now, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I, I would buy low on him right now for sure. Yeah, and that's kind of why I rounded into agreeing with you. Okay, now it's question time. But 
before we do that, you guys know the drill. This podcast is brought to you by GT Radial's Champiro Ice Pro, a stunnable winter tire that is designed to handle the harshest ice and snow conditions. Visit gtradial.ca for more information. Okay, first question we're going to get to is from our boy at Patrick Neron, who says, I just grabbed Pearson off waivers and activated Zadina from my minors. I'm on a three-week winning streak right now. Is it a good move? I think I'm safe on D for the future. And then he gives us a little bit of a compliment, which we don't need to read. Okay, Patrick, um, we touched on Pearson before, so I don't want to say too, too much about him. But I do agree that it's a good move. Um, activating Zadina, when you have a guy that was such a high draft pick and he gets called up and he's playing, you always want to activate him because you never know when he bursts out. You never know when it's his big boom. Maybe it doesn't happen ever for some of these guys. But you need to activate these guys because there's always a chance that it does. And just like that, Zadina can turn into like a fantasy-relevant producer in the league. So I say good job, buddy. Keep it going three weeks in a row. Yep, and thanks for the kind words, Patrick. Next question is from Ivan Niron, who there's got to be a, a relation there. <laughs> he says, hey, guys, do you think Ryan Strom is for real? And I'll let you take that, Mike, because you're, you've been all over Ryan Strom. Yes, I picked up Ryan Strom in a pool before this complete outbreak that he's had. He's been crazy consistent since Zabanajad first got injured. And now that Zabanajad is back, they've moved him over to the wing so that they can keep his ice time up, keep him in a top six role, and he's continuously getting over 20 minutes on most nights. I really like Ryan Strom, and it's crazy to think that he has more value than Dylan. Who would have thought that coming into the year? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's for real. Since Zibanejad's been back, just the one point. So maybe moving him over to the wing didn't really help. It's going to be something to monitor going forward. But I just can't say that he's for real. His, his career has 50 points, and then after that is 34. So, I mean, he's almost a point per game this year. I don't see him sustaining it. You're saying to sell high? I would sell high on – I'm a numbers guy. I would say sell high on Ryan Strom, yeah. Okay, and I'm saying hold on to him. We we agree all the time, but then we disagree when someone has a question, and the guys just sitting there like, "Come on, guys, give me a <laughs> give me give me an answer here." It all comes down to who Yvonne likes more. <laughs> yep, sorry, Yvonne, and uh, that's it for the questions. We'll just do a couple today. Let's move on to the week ahead. Okay, let's quickly run down. We have a lot of teams that play four games which means a lot of hockey, which is very exciting. I'll quickly run them off. Arizona, Buffalo, Chicago, L.A., New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers, San Jose, and Vegas. All the other teams play three except for four teams that play two games, so stay away from these guys if you're looking at picking up streamers. That is Calgary, Detroit, Nashville, and Vancouver. And heavy nights are back to the norm Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and the off nights, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, all have uh, four or five games. So the off nights, there will be some opportunities there to pick up some points and uh, navigate the week for us, Mike. Yes. So I will, because it's Monday night already, I'm going to just disregard Monday. We're going to look ahead to the rest of the week. Tuesday's a busy night. You guys probably all have full lineups. So I'm going to look at 
either L.A., Edmonton, Pittsburgh, or Washington for a Wednesday and Friday game. Personally, myself, I like Pittsburgh. So I'm looking at a couple guys, maybe Tanev, if I want some hits, 24%. Potential to produce some points with a few injuries on Pitt. Galchenyuk, 16%. Or in really deep leagues, Dominic Simone could provide some offense at 1% owned. Okay, so after Friday, that start there. Then I'm, again, reassessing for the weekend. Hopefully you have a move or two ready to roll. Maybe pick up a goalie start. Maybe pick up a guy for Sunday. See what you need. That's what I'm doing for the week. Okay, good call. A a schedule that I like here. I like the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights, they've been kind of a middle-of-the-pack team so far this year. And I think they're going to pick it up. I got a a lot of faith in them and their schedule. So they're... In New York to play the Rangers, and then they play the Devils in New Jersey, and then over to Long Island. So they're in a nice, tight little little spot there in the U.S. And then they go home to play the Rangers on the Sunday. So it's like the, the, the week of New York. And, yeah, I like that schedule. I think they're going to get it going. Alex Tuck, who we'll get into in a little bit, I like this week at 8% owned. And if you're looking for some hits, Ryan Reeves is 15% owned. He hits like an absolute machine. So if that's a stat that you're lacking on in a hits league, fantastic place to look. Yep, and a couple schedules I like this week have similar teams involved. I like the Rangers. I like the Rangers because they play at home against Vegas, at Columbus, home to Montreal, and then at Vegas. A little bit of travel there, but with Fleury out, I don't mind Vegas at all. I think Subban or Sparks, whoever it is, is capable of letting in a few goals. The Rangers can score some goals. So, I like Buchnevich, 18% owned. I like Lemieux, who we touched on earlier. 10% owned, does a little bit of everything. Big Lemieux guy. And then Cheidel, or Heedle. How are we saying that? 5% Heedle. owned. It's, I think it's Philip Heedle. Philip Heedle, 5% he- owned. Yep. I don't think it's Heedle. <laughs> You gotta kind of roll the. I don't think you're. No, I don't think you're Hebrew. Hedel. I gotta clean my mic here. Yeah, because you've been hitting on it. <laughs> okay, and then I, I like the Islanders. The Islanders have a pretty decent schedule. They're in Detroit, in Montreal to play the Habs, and then uh, home to Vegas, like you said, and then they're in Dallas. So some guys from the Islanders. There's Broussard, 29% owned. Anthony Beauvillier with a, such a solid name there, 21% owned. Josh Bailey at 15% owned. And Jordan Eberle, who would be last on that list there, is 5% owned. Yep, I like the Isles schedule too. I was going to say them as well. Nice. Okay, Battle of the Bargains. So, yeah, games are underway here. It's, uh, it's just after 9.30 Monday night. We picked our guys earlier, so the Battle of the Bargains post went up. Uh, around 5.30, I think. Um, before we get to that, though, last week's winner was at 37rags63 on Instagram, who picked up 16% owned Zach Parise, and Parise went and had a big five-point week, so a really nice pick there from Rags. Yep. Let's see if he can do it again this week. But he's not taking these two guys who we picked. My pick, Mike, was a guy I already mentioned, said I would come back to, 8% owned Alex Tuck, who's making me look like a genius tonight, baby. Yeah, you got him in before. Well done. I went with 15% owned Josh Bailey. Had a little hunch. I think he's got one point tonight. So we're both off to a little bit of a good start here. Yeah, and we should want to mention it, but we're supposed to, that you are up 4-2 now. 
You won last week with your Tyler Johnson pick because Johnson scored and Zuccarello had an assist. <laughs> That's it. That was an awful week. That was an awful week. Yeah, but I, I, I do want to give some credit to Rags. He got Parise in at 16%, and then you go look at his ownership now, and that's 31. So when you can pick a guy that almost doubles in ownership on for one week, that is a solid pick. So. Yeah, that'll boy rags. Yeah, I got the Battle of the Bargains post out a little late today, late, definitely later than we'd like to. It's been a bit of a crazy time with our with our trip to Arizona, and you're getting married and all that, so now you got to go on the honeymoon. It's a great yeah, time, yeah. but a busy time. We'll get we'll we'll get back to a, a normal schedule soon. Yeah, so I leave for my honeymoon very soon, and I'm uh, I'm gone for about a week, week and a half. So next week we'll see what we can do. But guys, definitely back into full force, swing, full swing. swing. I was gonna say full throttle. I guess that doesn't make sense though. I don't know. It sounds like I think it's a Charlie's Angels movie title right there. Full throttle. I don't know, let's take that. Anyways, yes, I have to be back <laughs> into full swing very soon. Okay, guys, that's it for the week. Good luck in your leagues, and we will chat soon. Take care, guys. Yep, good luck, everybody.